1: You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On The Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Well, here we are. The first half of the year is over. How would you compare it to last year in terms of the real estate market?
2: Well, the year has been phenomenal this year and and it was a it was expected because this was a bounce back year last year was very quiet it was not a typical year for real estate there was a lot of pent up demand people sitting on the fence and and june wasn't that good for york region june was only up 18% so, <laughs> wow so only 18% that pulled our year to date down to uh 22% okay so our year to date in york region is up 21.96% Compare that to last year when people were sitting on the fence. People didn't really know what was going to be happening with the market. They wanted to sit and wait. And now, all of a sudden, all of those people have jumped into the market. So you've got this year's typical market plus last year's pent-up demand, and it's creating a frenzy out there with multiple offers, bidding wars. There's, uh, you know, inventory is really low. We're down 8.5% for inventory. So when you have an 8.5% decline in inventory, and a 18% jump in sales, it's to be expected.
1: So what are you seeing in your offices right now? You're seeing multiple offers, as you suggested? We're seeing a lot of multiple offers. Last night, one of our agents had seven
2: offers on a condo. You're seeing the phone ringing off the hook with appointments. So instead of getting... Four or five appointments a day. Some people are getting 10, 12, 15 appointments a day on properties. It's just very, very active
1: out there. And are the closings actually happening? Are you actually making those sales?
2: They are because the buyer is murdered. There's so much information available to them. They're not going in a 200,000 over asking. They know that the bank's not going to appraise those properties, so there it's it's excitement, but it's contained excitement. It's it's more uh, the realtors are doing a great job when educating their clients to say, don't go crazy on this property. There's going to be another one coming up, and and people are paying more in multiple offers because they want the house, but they're not going crazy and and putting themselves at risk of not being able to close on that property.
1: Now you mentioned that inventory is down. Does that mean it's down across the board across York Region? It is.
2: It's it's down eight and a half percent across uh, York Region. If you're looking at, you know, Aurora, East Gwillimbury, Georgina, uh, Georgina is about the same as last year, but uh, you've got Markham is significantly down. Every major municipality in York Region is down in inventory, and that's contributing to the the heat of the market.
1: And what about the
2: the price of a home? The price of the home. If you're looking at the median price for the month, which is a little bit better because of the condos that are being sold and everything, bringing the average price down. The best thing to look at is the median price per month. And you've got, again, every municipality except for Georgina and King that are uh, up in median price.
1: So if you were to take out your crystal ball and look ahead to the rest of the year, you know, we're looking ahead to a federal election this fall. What does that mean for the real estate market?
2: If you're a seller, this is a great time to get on the market and sell because with the federal election, with any election, there's a lot of uncertainty and things start to slow down a little bit right around the election. And and even for a few weeks after the election, depending on, on which way the results go, it does you know, put an end to a lot of sales, not only in the real estate industry, but But a lot of sales around, you know, the auto industry, retail does slow down around an election. So your window for selling right now is going to be probably the next two, three months uh, before we have a little bit of a lull in the market. And then after November, it'll start to take off again. Is that typical? It's typical for a market to slow down at the end of August, beginning of September for school. But with the election in October, look for that little pause in the market to continue throughout, uh, you know, to the end of the election. And then the market will pick up again for a few weeks in November and go right through to Christmas.
1: And just before we take our first break, do you expect the market to be busy, you know, for the rest of July and into the end of August?
2: The market will be really busy because people are now scrambling to get into their homes. And that's why you're seeing multiple offers on pretty much everything. If you're looking on... Uh, the MLS or HomesearchBros.com, you're starting to see people putting in offer dates. And that is very typical of a heated market where people are trying to hold off offers, get as many people through as possible, and get the best value for their seller. All
1: right. right, we'll keep busy then. When we come back, mortgage advice before you close the deal. That story is coming up. Stay with us. You're listening to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties.
2: Thank you, Tina. Joining us now is Asif Qasim from the Integrity Tree, Asif's our lending specialist. Welcome back, Asif. Thanks. Glad to be here. Asif, we're talking off-air about how crazy it's been, how busy it's been. This is the busiest time for your industry, tell us a little bit more about what 's happening
3: yeah well it's, it coincides with real estate, and this is typically the busiest time of year, especially this weekend that just passed. This is when everybody 's trying to close their their transactions. Uh, they bought homes a couple of months ago, and everybody is trying to close up kids are out of school and get their moving going on right
2: and and typically you 're right at the end of the school year, this is when is June thirtieth is supposed to be the busiest closing day. For the real estate industry, not only for, for realtors, but also for lawyers and as well as lenders.
3: Yes, exactly, exactly. This is the time of year when lenders get backlogged.
1: And was this year no exception?
3: This year was no exception.
2: We had a lot of houses closing quick. And and now what we're starting to see is people are, there's so much demand. And as we talked about sales being up and inventory being down, people want to get into their houses before August. And they've waited so long, There, there's this little crunch time right now where they want to get into houses quick so they're starting to ask for quicker closings how does that affect you guys asif
3: so with the influx of closings happening lenders aren't necessarily staffed accordingly so they can handle all these closings there's a lot of delays in closings um you may have a day or two and then with that there's the new deals coming in because there's a lot of uh clients who are still looking to purchase or, or they had delayed closings or or they're basically, the way the market has worked out with the delayed start to the season plus the lowered rates, people are still hot. They're still trying to get in. So I was explaining earlier, it's like being on a highway in the middle of rush hour and then trying to merge onto that highway. You've got to figure out how to find the room and there are certain people that are going to have to slow down and things are going to happen.
2: So it's almost like when you see the pent-up demand affecting the real estate industry and and not enough inventory. Is that what you're facing right now? There's not a lot of banks that have the capacity to be able to fit
3: more in? I would say this is an annual thing. For as long as I've I've been in the industry, this is a normal uh, phenomenon happening every year at the end of June and throughout the beginning to middle of July, typically things slow down at the lender and they all ask us to slow down and set reasonable expectations. And there's a few things that we as lenders, we try to do with our realtors to help create a more, uh, I I guess, a better experience overall. So
2: So is this another one of those examples where being pre-qualified and having your financing set prior to going into a purchase? will benefit the purchaser or is it just so backlogged that even if you're pre-approved it doesn't really matter? I would
3: say being pre-approved doesn't help as much if it's just the pre-approval. That's not the only thing. There's a few other things. So, for example, when we work with our realtors, are they pushing out closing dates? Instead of trying to do something in the middle of July, try to push it towards the end of July. Um, I know negotiations and stuff like that make it difficult, but that does help the lender. Having a pre-approval in advance is definitely uh helpful. Does it really does it stop everything or make everything better? Not necessarily, but it does help.
2: So, if you could offer three pieces of advice for purchasers or even realtors that are listening, what would those three things be in order for this to be a smoother transaction? Now, as as we get deeper into July, you're going to start to see people wanting to close before the end of August. So, how do they do that? If if the highway is already jammed, how do you merge on merge into traffic? Well.
3: First and foremost, I would say definitely get a pre-approval in advance. And by doing that, I would say also get all of your documents up front because lenders want to work with clients who have all their documents. They're not going to review a mortgage application unless they've seen the job letters and pay stubs and all the things you need to verify. So have your documents ready to go. And if you don't know what that is, speak to your local mortgage professional and they'll advise you to get the right things necessary. Then get your pre-approval. And then once you get your pre-approval, advise your realtor that this pre-approval was vetted. There was documents that were reviewed. It wasn't just a electronic approval. And then working with the realtor to set reasonable timelines.
1: But reasonable timelines, I mean, you know, we all have those deadlines within our own lives. What is your advice then to that buyer who says, yeah... I don't care about everybody else. It's all about me, and I need to close this house on my date. What am I going to do? What do you say to them?
3: I would say, t- to be honest, it's, it's going to be a situation where they have to expect challenges. They're, they're, it's going to happen. This time of the year, it's always going to be a situation of the lender will get to it when they get to it, not we're going to get to it because you need it.
1: That's a little comfort I would say. You know, if I'm a buyer, I'd be going, yeah, I got to get this done. So if you're not going to help me, I have to find someone who will, right?
3: Totally understandable. And and the the truth of the matter is, this has been going on forever. Every year, same time, same thing happens. And we're in a situation right now where a client has purchased and they're trying to close, I believe, on the 17th of July. And the lenders are saying, you're going to have to push out your closing. Even though during a normal time of the year, Three, four weeks is, well, is more than enough time. It's not enough for them right now. And they're also taking other things like refinances and renewals and pushing those things out because they're not as important as the purchases, according to the lender.
1: So what's that client going to do then that wants that July 17th closing?
3: Well, they're going to have to either renegotiate or they're going to have to find alternate ways of closing that transaction.
1: And And how do you renegotiate at this stage of the game? They're weeks away. How do you do that?
3: Well, the good thing is... Most realtors, I would say 99% realtors, understand that that's the market that they're in. So even though they negotiated initially a an aggressive closing date, they know that there's a very strong possibility they're going to have to have a few weeks or so to adjust.
1: And is the seller usually on side and willing to negotiate as well be, and be, be- flexible?
2: They usually are, but with the sellers in a multiple offer situation, they're pretty much dictating the term. So if they need a certain date to close by, that's the date that the buyer has to provide to them. Otherwise, they're going to take the next offer, which will provide that. And and also typically, it's been a five-day process to get financing in place. If you are able to get a condition in for financing, it's usually five days. Are banks asking people to you know, ask for seven days or 10 days? Because that's not going to happen realistically within
3: a real estate offer? I've seen banks say, can you give us an extra two or three days? So yes, to seven, eight days. Um, They're still trying to work within five. Uh, The truth is, Often when you're working with a really good mortgage professional, they'll tell you the way of the clause, the financing clause already because they've already vetted the deal before even sending it to a lender. A good mortgage professional will know if this deal is doable or not without a lender being involved.
1: So do you think your client who has that July 17th closing is going to lose that property?
3: Uh, In this particular case, I believe we might be able to pull it off. It's just not going to look the way that they wanted it to look.
1: So, can I ask you both, you've both been doing this a long time, and you know that this time of year is crazy busy. Why does it always have to happen between July and August? Can we not, you know, expand that crunch time to, say, May and September? It's
2: basically homeowners, buyers and sellers want to time their move in the off season for school. So they want to move once school ends because they don't want to disrupt the school year for their children. So it has more to do with the school year than anything. So that's why July and August, I mean, as much as the weather is great and people don't want to move in the winter, the main reason people move in the summertime is it's in between schools. So you're, you're looking at July and August as the two hottest times mm-hmm. to, uh, to move into your new home or to be out of your old home.
3: And from a lender's perspective, a lender doesn't want to necessarily ramp up and hire a significant amount of staff for only two months' worth of work because Uh, there's a lot of training mm -hmm. involved, additional costs, to let them go when things die down.
2: You know, it was an example that uh, when I used to work in retail, uh, one of our managers said to a client, if everyone brought you their laundry, like how, how long would it take you to do one load of laundry? Wash, dry, and fold. And it was about an hour. And she asked if everyone in the city brought you their laundry, would you still be able to keep turning it around in an hour? Because there, there's a lot of volume there, and that and this is this sounds very similar to that analogy because if everyone is coming to you for the mortgage in a very short period of time, there's a lot of work to do that you won't be able to turn it over. So, Asif, thanks for airing the uh, dirty laundry in the uh, mortgage <laughs> industry. No
3: problem. No problem at all.
2: Asif, if people want more information or they need help securing a mortgage at this point, How can they contact
3: you? They can reach me at www.integritytreat.ca.
1: Terrific. Thanks for being here again, Asif. Thank you, guys. When we come back, we get to your real estate questions and this week's hot listing. And just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, Go to 1059theregion.com and click on Schedule. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Stay with us.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region.
1: Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. I'm station manager Tina Cortez and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. And time now for our listener questions. The first one comes from Joey and Markham. The family is ready to leave their starter home and make the move to something bigger in a new home. His question for you, Asif, is what should he watch for when buying from builder plans? Joey, great question. The first thing that you need to budget for
2: in terms of buying a new build is time a lot of times new builds will get delayed and you need to be flexible enough with your current property and also with you know schools etc we were talking a lot about schools earlier and and why parents time their move during the summer you just need to be ready that There could be delays and you need to have a backup plan as to where you're going to live. It's a good idea to buy from builders' plans because people will say they can customize the home with their colors, with the materials that they want in the home. So that's a good thing. But sometimes there are different things that uh, will actually be cons of of buying new builds. So make sure that you take that into consideration. Costs. There's a lot of development charges and and other charges that will creep up uh, at the time of closing. So be prepared to have a little extra money. We can go through your uh, agreement of purchase and sale with the builder and kind of advise you as to what you should be looking for. And a lot of things that people don't take into consideration is, one, does the the home come with appliances? You may have to upgrade your appliances if you're getting basic appliances, window coverings, light fixtures. These are things that you get included in a resale home because the, the home's already been there. In a new home, you have to budget for all of these as well. So these are expenses that creep up on you. So, you know, give us a call. We'll talk you through it and uh, help you make the right decision.
1: Okay, a couple of follow-up questions on Joey's behalf here. If there is a delayed closing, you said he has to have a backup plan. What does that mean? What's the backup plan?
2: So quite often, you will time the sale of your current property with the closing of the new property you know, a new home could get delayed three months, four months, six months. So if you've already sold your home, you either have to have a clause built into your agreement of purchase and sale that you can delay your closing, but quite often that's going to affect the purchaser of your home and they may not allow that. So you may have to have relatives or parents' house or a short-term rental lined up so that in case there is a delay, you're able to move into there. And quite often you will see that People that are renting their homes want a one-year lease. So short-term may not be on the horizon. You may need a relative to shack up with or store your furniture at. Uh, Even if you're going into a hotel for three, four weeks, where are you going to store your furniture? So these are all things that you need to
1: consider when you're uh, looking at a new build. So that backup plan definitely includes budgeting. What about in terms of deficiencies? If there are issues with the new home, how does that get addressed?
2: So the new home would be covered under a on warranty. So for seven years, you pretty much have peace of mind that there, if there's any defects that you want to, you're, you're going to have those addressed. The important thing is to take a home inspector in with you for your walkthrough prior to closing on your home, because the home inspector will be able to point out any deficiencies that you should be marking down. If you don't mark them down, they're not going to get addressed. So you have to make sure you take someone in with you that's going to be looking at this with, you know objective eyes and being able to provide you with a list that you can give the builder and say, "We want these addressed."
1: All right. Our next question comes from Peggy in King City. She is ready to downsize and is hoping you can recommend an area in York Region to begin her search for a bungalow. Now, that's a tough one, isn't
2: it? Peggy, stay tuned because we've got a bungalow coming up just for you. Uh, there's different areas that have bungalows. Now, there's older bungalows, there's newer bungalows, there's lofts, there's raised bungalows. So it really depends on what type of bungalow you're comfortable with. Uh, a bungalow gives you the luxury of having a bungalow With a loft, which usually has two or three bedrooms up there as well. So it gives you a lot more space, a lot more versatility with the home itself. And especially when you're going to resell it later, it gives you more options to be able to offer to the public.
1: And is she looking at a a higher price tag then for a bungalow?
2: So bungalows usually come with a a larger footprint on on the actual land size itself. So if you're building a home vertically and you have two stories, you could have a 2,000 square foot home on a 30 foot wide lot. Uh, With a bungalow, you're looking at 40, 50, 60 foot lots. So it does have a lot more land uh, associated with it as well. So that's what drives up the values. It's the size of the lot.
1: Asif, if our listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they do that?
2: They can give us a call at
1: 416-985-CON. That's 416-985. Five, four, two, six. And just before we go, this week's Hot Listing and joining us next is Heather Cooper from Remax Prime Properties with details of a loft in Vaughan. Heather, over to you. This week's Hot Listing is an absolutely stunning loft here in Velour Village. You walk into this home, it's got soaring cathedral ceilings, a custom gourmet chef's kitchen, and a main floor master retreat with a four-piece bath and huge walk-in closet. Upstairs features an open den and three large bedrooms, but best of all, this home comes with a professionally finished two-bedroom basement apartment that can easily be leased out for about $17.50 a month. Okay, a couple things here, Asif. The chef's kitchen and the finished basement. Wow.
2: Wow, and it's stunning. You walk into this home and, and that ceiling with the pot lights just draws you right in. Nice hardwood flooring, great little yard. It's it's a stunning home, and for if you're looking at a bungalow, as we just discussed, the prices are a little bit higher than detached, but. This is priced very well. It's priced as a two-story detached and, uh, you know, being a off you do have that second story. So, if you have uh, younger kids living with you or, or someone else, this is a perfect
1: little place. Okay, Heather, one more time, the highlights of this property and how our listeners can get more information. Okay, this home is located at 59 Santina Street in Vaughan. It's listed for $1,188,000 and we're having an open house this Saturday and Sunday from 2 to 4 p.m. So, you can stop by Again, the address is 59 Santana Street. For more information, they can call me at 905-554-5522. Thanks, Heather. Thank you, Tina. Asif, that's our show for this week. Another great show, Tina. Thank Rem- you. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Connor or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for
0: listening.